Pleased to be joined with local artist Byron Falk. Byron, great to finally have you in studio. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's it's been a long time coming, I think. It has. You know what? We've been trying to set this up for a while and finally get you in, and it's a pretty cool time in your life. Uh, before we get back to the start of your career and everything, tell us what you got coming up here in the near future. Yeah, so it, it, I'm super excited about 2020. I I think I struggled through last year, and, and, and it paid off. And uh, so, so I got a bunch of local shows coming up this weekend. I got a, a Western Canada run that I'm leaving for on Wednesday. Uh, so that's that's going to be about 10 dates uh, just going west. Um, I, I scheduled it pretty tight, too. I'm starting to wonder if uh, if the body and voice can hold up. But, uh, hey, everything's a learning uh, experience, right? Yeah, and it's, uh, again, it's part of paying your dues as a musician. And uh, it, it's just some of those things that it, it's the scars you put on the body that end up coming to full circle really good stories 100 percent, and i i expect every experience and and feeling this to stick with me and, and and help carve out who i am as an artist for sure all right so let's let's go back to the beginning let's get to the roots of byron falk uh you know the first time you picked up a guitar first time you really delved into music how old were you yeah so, so i started singing around 18 19 so you got uh, you so really really later in life very very much so you know i think i kind of had this secret interest in high school sure. you know flirted with the idea of joining band or choir just never really felt the the confidence to do so. I had a lot of musical friends and, and just knew I couldn't compete. Interesting. <laughs> so then at 18, 19, you get out of school and you start kind of yep. feeling yourself out as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Right. You get a little more confidence, a little more self-identity, and, and you start chasing the things that you want. And, and you know what? To be honest, as, as soon as I was 18, uh, I started pursuing horses myself as well. Like My dad had kind of helped me out with that when I was younger, and that had come and gone. And same thing with music. I, I just... Okay, now's now's the time I've got an interest. I found myself collecting a lot of music, singing along and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure tons of people do. Uh, but for me, that de- that definitely translated into into a life lifelong passion. All right. So when you were younger, what kind of music were you into? Were you an eclectic guy? You kind of looked all over the place or did you have a certain kind of genre? Yeah, no, I've, I've probably always been a little bit bit weird and, and never <laughs> displayed my musical collection. Uh, one of the things that I, I did was I was for sure a country fan. My my whole family was country music listeners. My dad was a huge Oak Ridge Boys fan. Oh yeah. So every every camping trip in the truck had an Oak Ridge Boys cassette playing, uh, and that was great. Mom, you know, I remember in the in the '90s, you'd get these uh, you know these CD order slips, and, oh, and yeah. you'd, you'd have a have a, a ten ten come every month. It yeah, felt like because it was yeah because you get ten CDs for a penny or whatever. Hundred percent. I don't then, know how they did it. But, right, and it was the greatest hits of all these artists you never knew had greatest hits. Hundred <laughs> percent. Learned learned them all. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and and back then, a distinct memory is we we had a, a vehicle with a cassette player, not a CD player. So she ends up actually recording some of the CDs. <laughs> down to cassettes so we could take them on road trips but but that so, is so, a classic story yeah so there's a foundation uh, of my mu- musical interest but then I, I also was super into to gospel music uh southern gospel music and and i think I, I think a lot of that helped shape who i was at that time also and then i'm i'm a weirdo like i'll, I'll jam out to some hip-hop or rap or something uh you, you know and, and a lot of country guys are just like Oh, straight and, and, and true country music, and that's it. And sure, I, and I'll I'll kind of float all over the map. Like if I find something I really like. Well, yeah. Now I think now for sure, when you look at how country music is, those doors have been blown wide open because you're not just in in one kind of small box anymore. A hundred. You're getting an influence from all different kinds of of music, and I think that has opened 
uh, to some amazing artists. I mean, the, the big names. Now, look at Eric Church, who's kind of more of a traditional guy. He started outside the box. T- totally, and we just see that that never that transformation never stops happening. No, Luke right? Combs is another guy too. Like he's not a traditional country voice. Morgan Wall is not a traditional country guy. But I mean, like these guys who are superstars. They they have so they're so diverse in their musical interests. Hundred percent and skill level, right? Yeah. I'm glad the, like those names that you mentioned would be the exact same ones that would pop out to me, right? Uh, and then still, when it, when I inflect, uh, it, nothing changes what I'm capable of myself, like based on my interests, right? I still I'm gonna sound a certain way. I'm gonna write a certain way. You know, and, and I've got a bit of a baritone voice. I mean, I, I'm not going to be singing the pretty high stuff, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so I got to kind of shape my music around that too. Sure, right? but I'm, there's less restrictions on it now. And I think some of my favorite musicians, like I think Dave Grohl is one of my favorite musicians Dave. of all time because he can do it all, and he does it on different levels. Like, and I watched Kurt Cobain do a, a live set in uh, in New York before sure. he passed away. Sure. And again, like just him vocally says a lot. And you as a, now a vocalist, when you find that at 18, 19. What was it like finding your voice? Because you, like you said, you started a little bit later. So what was it like to grow totally. into your voice? Uh, you know, you know what? Hours and hours and hours spent at church actually uh, singing. I, I led a praise and worship team for years. Um, that stretched my voice. It helped form my voice. It it actually that was the, probably one of the primary reasons I picked up the guitar uh, was was to do both right. And I learned how and I and I learned how to lead. And I was always in front of people. And, and you got you almost got accustomed to to the the crowd or the congregation in the case of a church, right? Uh, which which made it just so comfortable. I remember hitting my first Hanover Ag Fair. I'm from Grunthal, right? Hitting my first Hanover Ag Fair, and there's you know hundreds of people out there, and and it's okay, right? I, I've sang in front of people before. I I know how to work the stage a bit, right? So so finding my voice was this really interesting journey uh, of you know church and experience, where I and then segue into. My, my own country music interests and my own lifestyle interests, right? Talking with Byron Falk on Country 107 and the Steinbeck Online Podcast. Uh, not that your friends probably were were unsupportive of you when you were growing up in, in high school for your music career, but what was it like when you when you start leading that worship team and other people are encouraging you to get on stage more and, and, and encouraging you to sing more? What's that like for a young artist? Well, for, for sure, anytime you, you, you feel encouragement, uh, you feel that leg up, uh, that just gives you the boost to get to the next line, right? Uh, but it's not all that either. Like you'll face criticism, and you'll you'll face you know you know people's uh, opinions and and uh, agendas as well, right? Um, but f- for sure, and I've just been so thankful for the friends that have walked through the the last five years with me, uh, where I've been playing country music and 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 seeing their affirmation, not only as my friend, but as a like, hey, Byron, the the music's good. We we like your shows. Right. That just keeps me going for the next level, because, I mean, putting together live shows and getting people there is one of the hardest feats for a musician ever. Yeah. And we, you know what? It was funny. We were just talking to another local musician, Trev Schellenberg. He kind of poked his head in and, and you guys were discussing a little bit. It's like one show pays for the next show. You're always kind of just trying to break even at a certain point. For sure. Yeah. Just just to keep doing it. Yeah. And right. you know what? People don't see that. They think like, oh, this guy's on stage or, you know, they, they never see you're the one that's setting up the lights. You're the one that drives to the show. It's they don't see that the non glamorous behind the scenes. Totally. I was un- unrolling cables for several hours the other night and and, and, and f- figuring out the layout of a, of a room right, right to set up a show. Um, but when they see social media posts or they hear a radio interview, um, they're like, oh, yeah, it's really working out for you, <laughs> man. I'm like, yeah, thank you. But but also there's a lot of hours. And and right. and I and that's where I, I, I last time I was in at, at the station, I was like, man, I'm passionate about music in Steinbeck. I'm passionate about music in the southeast, you know, and I want to be a proponent of that. And if that means setting up more shows and, and even for other artists, which I've done, 
uh, I enjoy promoting, right? But it's like, how can I encourage people to come out to events? Like, it's just easy to go to BPs on Friday sure. and, and just ha- have a couple of, of beverages and, and eat some food. And watch a TV watch screen a TV. or, you know, have a conversation. 100%. But, you know? I mean, like the, the, the lack of live music... Yeah, you know, that that lack of appreciation for live music—it's it's a concerning trend. T- totally, and and we see that in record sales. Yep. We can go on and on about that, but there's all these patterns, right, that are kind of pointing to the same thing. And the question, even for bar or restaurant owners, venue owners, is: Do people not go out anymore? It's expe- Well, you know, it is. It's expensive. It's expensive to go out, and you know, your families can only do it once once in a while. And totally. they and like most of them just want to go and do something quiet. Like we and, need and to get do. that passion for live music back. Yeah, and, and events and community and like because when you do go and you do experience it, people always come away with that was great, big time. They you know, you great. hear that about that after it's like oh, he had to twist his arm to get there, yeah. but then he had the time of his life. A hundred percent. So Byron, I'm interested to to pick your brain about this. We, a venue in Steinbach. There's not a there's no, I don't know if there's a live venue option. I know the Granite House Lounge and the Curling Rink is okay. It's kind of one of those hidden gems. It is. But there needs is there a need for an actual live performance stage in Steinbeck? Very much so. I I think uh, Steinbeck needs a dedicated music venue, and and I I don't think a, a huge one. I mean I mean I, I might get some attention for saying this on air if if that's where it goes, but I don't I don't think we we're in you know imminent need for a massive music venue as much as we are even for just that. That venue that can host shows for for fifty, a hundred, two hundred people, right? Uh, which is realistic for local bands, yeah, right. Uh, and and a place that you know can can serve people something to drink and and maybe some some food or, or some snacks. But but there's a system set up and you can book shows and 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 they and even if it ends up being one of our our local restaurants or or uh, bars, you know, yeah, uh, that they just there's a home for music because there isn't. I mean, and you and you'll if we talk about what I'm doing tomorrow night. I, I'm doing a pop-up. Uh, I'm calling it a pop-up dive bar. Yeah, right. See, it's in awesome. a really, you know, really unique space. People don't get it. They're like, "Where are you putting this thing on?" I'm like, "Don't worry, it's going to be cool." Right. I've totally. been working on it for a week now. <laughs> right. But but I I'm gonna you can fit the people in there. We can have a good time. Right. Sure. Uh, and it feels proper. Right. It's yeah. So uh, we, there's a need for a place in Steinbach that that can host. You know, either because I think about the SRSS theater and, and I think of the layout and I think the acoustics of it. I think if if you wanted to do that a show there a logistically it's tough because it's the school's auditorium for one exactly and then b i think people would expect more from then just a show like you'd have to do a show mixed in with stories mixed in with food like people want a lot now if they are going to leave the house and go see music exactly it's got to be layered it's it's and you see that more and more with bigger shows yeah they're they're booking four artists on the same bill totally Uh, or there's an artist and a comedian or there's there's totally totally different arts that are on stage in a night yeah, it's, it's exactly. changed drastically. Exactly. Yep. Challenging on the promoting side and being an artist, right? Talking with Byron Falk here on Country 107 and streaming online, SteinbachOnline.com. Uh, last time we chatted was actually uh, you were on the side of the road because you had to pull over because you were driving. You remember that? I, I do remember, and I lost cell reception. <laughs> it, it, it was it was the middle of nowhere, I think, Montana. Yes. I, I was trying to, trying to get back to Alberta. <laughs> and that was crazy, and that's just another one of those things. You were in your car for, what, like 18 hours or something it, like it, that? It was ridiculous, yeah, and I was I was up going up to Calgary. It was CCMA week. Yep. Had a couple of showcases booked. It was, it was ridiculous. So yep. when you, but, but, but when you book those showcases, that's a big big thing for for local for artists totally and and what i came away from it and and what i was hoping for you know like artists all the time are looking for oh will will this guy uh, from this and this label be there will this this guy from a talent agency be there yeah maybe right but but they're not picking you up at a grassroots level right 
what what it meant for me was I went there and I immersed myself in a crowd of people that I had never uh, been around, right? Yeah. I, I could meet faces, other artists. I could meet professionals, uh, right? I could just have a you know a lateral conversation with them because we were in that space. Totally. Right? And, and man, did that pay off. I Even with the association, I, I hadn't joined Manitoba Country Music Association until 2019. And, and it actually helped shape and change my year, right? Just that community, they were, they were warm and welcoming, gave me a few spots, gave me a couple of shows. Sure. Right? And, and, and they've, you know, even just today before, before I was on my way here, uh, you know, I get this notification. They've reposted some of my, my, my social media material again, right? So they're, they're just throwing it out there to a greater audience. And I, I can't stress that enough for other musicians uh, to, to look at your associations and your communities around you right? And, and help grow yourself that way. Yeah, that's a really good thing that I think a lot of, especially up and coming artists kind of overlook and, and they expect maybe somebody else to do it for them. For sure. And I, I know I overlooked it. I, sure. I, I figured I know who I am. I know who I want to be and, and I'm going to just do the work and I'm going to represent myself. And, and I haven't changed that aspect of myself, but I've realized that it's not just me. Right. Right. Talking with Byron Falk, let's get back to playing shows because uh, I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, house concerts is something that I've I've been aware of for a long time, and they're kind of a unique thing, and we had Quentin Blair in a little while ago, and he's doing more house concerts. Now, what are your opinion on house concerts? you got a big smile on your face. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe be short and sweet on this one. I, I, I think as I, I've been to one or two, mm -hmm. but, and I liked it, uh, I enjoyed it, but I think for myself, I, I, I sort of promised myself never. Really? <laughs> Why? I, I think I I think maybe the 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 claustrophobia of it. Okay, yeah, because you're it's it's a it's a very different atmosphere yeah, than when you're on a stage. Yeah, and I don't know how much I want to say publicly, but you know that <laughs> that intimate atmosphere uh, puts you at a very different uh, distance from people. Do you feel like you're almost at a disadvantage as an artist then? Yeah, like you like they're all, the fans are or the people you're around are almost on attack. Uh, ex exactly. Interesting. And, and, and I I want to put myself between a, a a microphone, a monitor, and and a couple of mains <laughs> a, away from people. I understand. Okay, I understand. Understand, because I, I, I that a lot of artists th kind of thrive on that. You're the first one that I've heard that is a little bit intimidated by that. <laughs> to totally, and it's not that I'm scared of people or don't of like talking not. to people, but I, I I feel maybe more of a security when I can provide some separation. See, that is fascinating between myself, my band, and 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 the people, and and that's exactly why I've gone and I, I've set up a show. You know, it, it's an empty commercial space, but it's a large room. It's right. not somebody's home. It's not intimate. And and even as a as a concert goer, uh, it's different when you say, "Hey, come into my home." Yeah. So I can't publicly promote a show the same way when I'm just inviting people into someone's home. <laughs> Very much right? so. Right. Because a lot of people are going to be like, "Hey, how do I just walk into their home?" You don't like that. It is. It's it's uncomfortable. I see why you would be uncomfortable so, with so, that. So for groups of friends, right? Yeah. And, and and with different genres of music, it works. You know, it works super well. Hundred percent. Right? But for groups of friends to host something, have a nice party. Right, etc. It can be great. Oh yeah, and I I will never talk bad about the idea, you know, in in the greater scheme of things. But personally, I <laughs> I promised myself never. Do you, what about <laughs> backyard concerts? Is it like is I, that a is that I, a better feel? I could do that. Let yeah. me haul my gear in, set up on your patio. Yeah, you know, even if I don't I don't know what what the the number count doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Right? No, but, but it's I can the be up situation. On your, yeah, your yeah. deck, and we'll play it down to you on yeah. the lawn chairs. And, and then you know what? Then then the cool part is you come down off the stage and you get to have like a home style barbecue. Exactly. And that's really what it's which all is about. Probably would be my favorite part of the whole experience. Well, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like barbecue, hot dogs, and hamburgers? Yeah, 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 hot dogs. Yeah, 
point. All right, I was going hamburgers, yeah. not you're going sorry, ribs. Sorry, Somebody that, is yeah. living a little, yeah. Yeah. little champagne budget here again. <laughs> Talking with Byron Falk, we, you brought up social media a little bit. You talked about how the association started reposting stuff. Uh, again, it's something I find so fascinating with artists because social media is so relied on nowadays to not only promote the artist but get their uh, get their brand out there, get their shows out there. How do you feel about you know really putting yourself out there on social media? I, I struggle with it personally. I'd, I'd way prefer if I could have someone do it for me. Yeah. Uh, but I do it. It's a necessary evil. Um, I, I struggle with the constant, like people do it personally, people do it professionally. I, I struggle with the constant uh, you know, role of, of photos and events and, and requests for support. And I struggle doing that myself, okay? But I, I recognize its value, so I do it. Right. And it's necessity. I do it. You know, you, you do get you do get to people that way. Mm -hmm. I still happen to be very passionate about traditional methods of advertising uh, and, and, and promoting things, and, and that being radio. Uh, I love printing concert posters and hanging them around, right? Because Which is a lost art again. I, again I mean, we don't right? see that. But, you don't but, see but put now you, you actually get to see the poster for what it was meant to be, an yeah. 11 by 17 piece of art. What's it like right. when you see that poster with your, you know, your photo on there with your name on the top? What's that like for oh, you? Oh, it's it's always a little spooky. It's <laughs> oh, there there I am again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know what? Again, it's it's a cool thing. That's an expense that comes out of your pocket. A hundred percent. Like yeah. that's that's the the artist, the band that they're doing that. If they if you want a flyer, you're the one doing it. Yep, exa exactly. And that's what leading up to this this Western run, it's all been. It's been purchasing equipment. It's been paying promo promotional materials. I was standing in the post office, rolling posters together, putting them in envelopes, writing addresses, you know, d doing all of that, right? Yep. It's not glamorous work. Like, when you look at a tour announcement, you're like, oh, fabulous, congratulations, Yeah. right? Yeah. But there's a lot of components to this, and it's, and it's both money and it's time. It right? is. But when you're on stage, and that is the glamorous part, when the lights are on and you get to play your music, because it's all work right up until you're on stage, and then it's the fun work. Totally. Do, do you take some moments and really kind of just appreciate and relish how much you've put into it? Yes, absolutely. You go through the stress of a day, and sometimes it's rehearsing before a show, right, because the band has never played together before. Um, but the moment that first song hits and you hear this this coming back at you and the mains are hot, you know, you get that feeling of what you're up against now for the next uh, 45 minutes, and it's good, right? And, and you and you connect, your your eyes connect with people that are watching or they're engaged and you remember why you did it. That is a great way of putting it. Uh, so you, we talk about the tour. When does it start, and where's the first location? Yeah, so we're, we're headed out to Saskatchewan for March, uh, I think it's March 5th. It's a Thursday night. Uh, we're playing in a real time. I think it's a town of like 190 people or something. Uh, and I'm just super excited for it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, then, then we're heading up. We have quite a distance to make the first two days, and then we're headed up into northern Alberta, and then into BC for several dates, and then back down to Jasper. So is this the first? Is this your first big kind of Western stretch? Yeah, like I've done the Calgary thing a yeah. few times. We'll do some Stampede gigs. Did the the CCMA the showcases CCMA's, yeah. for sure. Uh, but this is my first like ten in a row. Hit the road, uh, right? Playing playing a bunch of different towns. So, so uh, 2019 was kind of like your unofficial coming out party yeah absolutely so i <laughs> and it was only due to the fact that i felt everything coming to an end <laughs> <laughs> really yeah so uh all of the the synergy that had been there from 2016 17 when i when i recorded i yeah. met some new people etc etc got some really good gigs for a few years okay and uh, 2019 there was just absolutely nothing happening and that's when I changed my game plan. Uh, I played solo shows, which is another thing that I just don't super love. I, and I, I have some pretty driving material. I, I like the honky-tonk of the guitar and the drum and the bass, right? 
Um, but then I, I did solo shows and and uh, showcases pretty well throughout the whole year. And uh, I played my first full band show back in November uh, after about a year hiatus. Okay, and uh, and man, was that rewarding! I could feel the growth on myself, and I could feel the difference in the songs. And uh, that just absolutely fired me up for this year and just been making stuff happening. And there's a ton of big stuff happening uh, for, for 2020. We're, we're booking a, a few, t- you know, town fairs, festivals again. Uh, I've got two tours, actually. Uh, the second one's unannounced uh, at this point, but it's coming up, you know. So there, there's just a ton going on. I'm going to be back in studio, probably releasing something in the summer. Beauty. Uh, so, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to right, right through the year. Take me through the fear of thinking that you were done. Like, did, did it cross your mind a lot in that year hiatus? Absolutely. Because you relied on what you did mm-hmm. and what, and you know, not, not what was coming and not the work that you were doing. And I have to be honest, I spent the last two years uh, focusing on my career 100%. Um, and uh, that, my creative side, uh, was slowly withering away. Yeah. So just for, for people to know, you do have a full-time job. A- absolutely. So you're, yeah, <laughs> you're doing full-time, plus you're, you're trying to be a full-time artist as well now. Right. Like, they think I'm on lunch break right now, even <laughs> though it was 11 o'clock. Uh, but but that's what that's the price you pay. Again, uh-huh. you talked about paying out of the pocket. It's paying with your time. Absolutely. And I have to juggle both. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually the only reason that I can afford uh, to, to go as far as I can or have, right? Right. So, so the fear of being done was absolutely imminent. Um, I, my writing had sort of slouched my, my gigs. I wasn't getting the gigs I, I thought I should be getting anymore. And I hadn't put out new material. I hadn't tried anything new, right? It was like all the old tricks stopped working. Right. Okay. Now what? Right. So it was a very real, real thought. And, and that's where I went and I, I identified what was my most uncomfortable areas and went for them. Right. I, I was like, I have to challenge myself now. Because if, if, well, what you were doing wasn't working, obviously, right? That, so it's, exactly. That's just, re- and you know what? A lot of artists maybe hold back on that. So to, to jump in with both feet, you talk about being scared you're going to lose it. Talk about being scared you're going to try and fail. That's got to be another worry. For sure. For sure. And then targeting your, your weakest attributes and saying, I need to make those stronger if I'm going to do this. And right? now, now that it's starting to come around, you talk about just that rewarding feeling. I mean... You got the balance down a little bit more. You're, you're doing this 10, 10 city tour yeah. thing. so Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It, is it, is it that all... confidence, that swagger starts coming back? Well, it, I, there's moments in the last week or two where I was just like, oh, man, I am, I am so excited for Friday. <laughs> I'm so excited for Saturday. And, and that's something that I haven't always felt. Like, I've played gigs. I'll be honest about this. I've played gigs uh, on a nice summer uh, Saturday where I was like, I would way sooner be camping right now. Interesting. Right? And now yeah. I'm trying to gather the band together. We're trying to get out to a venue. Or we're trying to get out to a fair festival and set up and sound check, and it's hot. and Right? Yeah. But, but like, waiting for the heart to get back into it is, is pivotal for me. Uh, and, and when things start coming together, it, it's just the inspiration is just far more natural. Right? That is a really good way of putting it. And again, you talk about just that, maybe that fear of losing it and realizing just how much you loved it. Exactly. Right. And it's not always like, it could be the songwriting, sure. right? But it, it could be the performing. 100%. But, but at the end of the day, there's all these logistical tasks and these things that cost money and time, et cetera, that are, are required to do it. Right. So from the outside, a lot of people are like, I mean, we're, we're getting real deep here now, <laughs> uh, but from the outside, people are like, man, it must be just so great to go and play music. You know what? Yeah. I play music for a few reasons. Right. But there's a lot of things about doing it that I find super challenging also. Right. And so, like I say, if I could be out camping, hiking, 
right? D- doing doing riding horses sure. on a, on a Saturday Living evening. Living life, to- totally, and it's peaceful, yep. right? But now I'm I'm stuck out somewhere, you know, God Just, God knows where. Right, setting up for four hours <laughs> to play for forty five minutes, exactly. When everybody else is out doing whatever they want all day, then to come see you in the evening, right? Exactly. And then it, it maybe was great, and maybe it wasn't. Sure, right. And, may, and so, may, and just because this song went really well and easy to write doesn't mean the next one's going to be. Uh, just because exactly. this one got produced really well doesn't mean the next one's going to be. It's like there's the pressure and the layers upon layers of being an artist exactly and this this has turned into an artist confessional now but uh, <laughs> but but this is exactly the truth of it right yeah. so so i so i'm always very careful to to make sure that i represent myself that way uh in in as much honesty as people can handle because sure. i i don't want the misconception to be that i got a fancy photo shoot done right. uh put on a cowboy hat and, and looked good in a picture and and booked a series of dates and people were like Man, life must be great for Byron Falk. Yeah, but you also don't want to throw out there like, "Oh, woe is me! I have to actually work for this." Like, no, and, th- and, and I take a, that again, unwillingly, right? Totally, I, it's <laughs> the balance of it all. And I mean, you're, you're paying your dues. You're you're doing what it takes to do what you love. Exactly, and th- that, that that's what people love about country music. That's what people love about country artists is they go and get their boots dirty during the day and then perform at night. Exactly. Yeah. And no, there, there's no sleeping in till noon because no. I played a late gig. No, you know what? <laughs> right? you're, you're going till the sun. When the sun goes down, that's when your your dream comes alive. Exactly. And when the sun comes up, if you got to go and go to work, you go to work. Well, and that's what's been so unique about my week is I, I'm I'm rolling out mic cords. I've set setting up speakers. Right. I was working on lighting so that the stage is lit. Right. Right. But but then the next morning I'm out there because I you know I I got a, a colt delivered the morning before and I'm out there making sure the fence is good and stringing some electric wire to keep the charge and, and so you're just juggling all, all of these. But then when you find that and you have that rhythm and you have that peace in in both your work life and your artist life. It gets hectic, but then when you can slow it all down, exactly how how like just tr- tr- like that tranquility, that state of just yeah, and they're all aloof. good things, yeah, right. And like you said, it's all good things, yeah. All right, so uh, new music, yeah. So I man, I've been super happy with uh, my writing in the last probably six months. Uh, I haven't written a lot, but you, you know, I've I've been happy with the direction. I f- I feel like I'm on to something fresh again. Um, so, so I'm adding, you know, a couple of songs again to my, my set this weekend that we're going to, that the band's going to learn. We're going to perform very excited about that. Uh, and that's going to actually be the stuff that I, that I record. I'm, I'm going to go with a, a single most likely. I don't think I'm going to do the full EP and drop like I did the first time. Sure. You know, uh, that's changed too. Like nowadays you're even an EP, you're releasing four out of the six on an EP as singles. Totally. And, and it, we, we've got iTunes, Spotify driving yeah. the market. I mean, yeah, radio is, uh, is still a major player, thank goodness. Yeah, but right? downloads now are, are key to everything. To- and same totally. with social media. Like, it's all about clicks now, too. To- totally, yeah. It's yeah. very, so if very. You, if you can drop single songs yeah. and, and people get, get on board with that, I just find it super hard, especially as a grassroots artist, to get somebody to listen to, hey, I recorded five great songs. Yeah. Listen to them. Well, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks. I'll I'll try to get around to that, right? Yeah. But if you can slide a single their way, totally, they'll take that three minutes, two and a half minutes, uh, to give it a listen yep. or add it to their to their playlist. Even see, right? it's, like I find that so fascinating because I grew up in the EPs where albums told a story. You had to listen to song one through, you know, song one through five, and it was kind of tied in together and told stories. It's it's a little different now. It's it's almost like 
drop single, month later, another drop single, three months later, because it, it has to be in the front of people's minds. You can't let it drift into the background anymore. Totally, and I, I think radio singles sometimes are doing that too, where, where they're hot today yeah. and, and and then forgotten about in a well, short amount they, of time. Well, because they spin so much. Like That's the thing about exactly. a artist. Like You look at hit songs, they come out, and everybody's super excited about them, want to hear it, want to hear it. A month into it, you're burned out. For sure, and and within a few months, they're like next song, next exactly. song. Exactly, right? they want the new song from the next hit artist. Yeah, like it's so, so. I I have to admit that I'm still the same way uh, when it comes to writing music. I'm all about like th- thematically and 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 you know I will format. Hey, I think this would make a great record, right? Right. Uh, and that's how I write, and that's how I think. And and I'll actually even with my set list, I'll I'll be like, you know what? This is probably a good entertaining song that I've that I've created. Yeah. But you know what? I just don't feel like it fits the package. Right, and, right. And so so I'll, I'll just throw it off to the side. I mean, and no one's offended. It's my no, own song. No one even knows. No, like, no one knows. No one. Is that's the thing? Like, no one knows if you're not playing your own song. No, exactly. <laughs> it's the weirdest the, thing, the, right? Inner secrets, right? Sure, but, but I mean, like people. It, but you can always bring it back, and you maybe can there's feel a, it out. Exactly. There's a later date where totally it, it's more relevant, right? right. And, different venue, different crowd, different feel. T- totally right. Like, and that's the cool part is you're always creating art on the stage because it's you're just different ways what and i'm one of those like there's artists that will just call out their set list on the fly but i'm i i tweak a set list for weeks to be honest because <laughs> <laughs> i because I, I love the flow of like hey am i going to open fast or sure. am i going to open soft and slow because right. i i do do both ways right really? yeah so, so so you think about the, that and then I'll, I'll actually play through the intros of all my songs one after the other and be like no I don't like the way this transitions. Right, you want it to you you want it to transition. It's got to you can't come up and then slam on the brakes and then totally. And then how do you feel about like talking through your set? Like, do you, are you a conversational guy? I am. I some of the folks I've worked with have said, "Hey, you're really good at stage banter." Uh, but then sometimes I'm doing stage banter and no one's laughing. So so maybe I'm the only one that thinks I'm funny. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, yeah I run into some artists that have that too, where it's like, yeah, comedy is not in your future. But for sure, right? If you're making yourself and your band laugh, yeah, somebody else is enjoying it. <laughs> totally. And I try and pull the angle of self-deprecating humor. Uh, so I'll intro some of the songs, that, you know, with the stories that attach to yeah. them, or or even sometimes make something up. And I I love it when artists will tell a goofy story, and then they're like, hey, so because of this, now we're gonna sing this song, and then they start singing the song, and you're like, there's really nothing there's in no common with the story <laughs> in that song. And I I kind of think that's witty. It you know what it is. But again, it's it, you got to be an entertainer on different levels when you're on stage nowadays. It's it's a whole different ball of wax than it was back in the day. You can't just sit there and play songs for for sure. You got to tell you, stories. You deal with the like, are the people paying attention or not? Oh man, what's right? I, I've talked to other artists, and the their biggest pet peeve is people talking through their set. Okay, like, and it's tough. And I mean, I'm sure you you've had that experience. If you're going to be in a bar setting, there's people in a full fledged conversation that could be right in front of you. They could be in the back of the room. But yeah, like you're singing a song and you can still hear them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and you're just like, this is this is something. But, but but if that's the atmosphere, yeah, I I pick my songs and I and I actually I'll eliminate conversation myself. Sure, like uh, they don't need stories from me if. We will talk three seconds in between, and we'll hit another song, yeah. right? I mean, they're, they're busy anyway. People I may as well be busy music. singing. Exactly, right? right? You're there to do a job. Yep. You're there to entertain. Yep. Let's get her done. But I have to say that the, when you when you play that show, uh, if it's personal, it's, it's more intimate like that, and they're, everyone's sitting in a chair paying attention, uh, and, and when when you're talking and they're, they're just on, right? They, they're hearing you, they're following you, and they're laughing with you. Uh, there's no greater feeling. Is that addicting? Oh, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Very like you chase, you, do you kind of chase that a little oh, bit? Oh, it, it's like, and the, the singing in, in music is one one side of this, right? And I love that, but but that being able to connect with people, 
Uh, super love that. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of great people in the southeast that I know that, uh, you know, as you get out there more, and again, you're, you're taking some big steps because you are putting yourself out there more and more. Are you going to be playing more in this? You talked about some festivals. Is there some hard dates in southeastern Manitoba that people can come and see you? Yeah, there, there is. I, there's some that are still up in the air and, and some that haven't been announced yet, but uh, very, very shortly. Yeah. All right, so how can people follow along with you? You know, you know what? I, I always recommend our social media accounts, like, I run them yep. so that people can follow them. Totally. Right? Like, so a Facebook page is for absolutely anybody to follow me. Right? Um, and and I, have a, I have a website, and I, and I always keep my website up to date. I know that's another thing that some artists haven't really found the, the relevancy in, but I do. Right? And and I, I keep the, the dates on there, and I keep any news on there or pictures on there. Right? So I just think it's great. Uh, if you if you want to support your local artists, you want to find out where they're playing, follow them on social media. Right? log onto their website and, and and just see what's up. It's it's really as simple as you, and something you can do in 20, 30 seconds. All right, so what is your website? It's just byronfolk.com. Very easy to find, eh? T- totally. I To this date, I'm like one of two Byron Falks in the world. <laughs> I do, I'll do a lot of Googling to prove that constantly. Okay, so. what does the other one do? <laughs> well, he's a lawyer in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fun that's, fact. <laughs> the lawyer from Dallas will not be performing across Western Canada that this That is weekend. correct. <laughs> and from what I can find, I think he's old. So I, I'm at even <laughs> more of an so you advantage. Got, you got the age I, I the own, entertainment skills. That's right. I own all the social media accounts Byron Falk. I own the webpage Byron Falk. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of Mennonites can do that. No, and <laughs> nobody wants you to represent them in the courtroom, I don't think. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, right, Byron, thank you so much for coming in today. We are going to get you to play a live song. Would you do that for us? Sure, I'd love to. All right, so we'll get, let you get set up on the guitar here. So we'll take a quick break on the Steinbeck Online Podcast. We'll be back more with Byron Falk. Here, just play, play a lick of something. Back here on the Steinbeck Online Podcast with Byron Falk. Guitar in hand, Byron. When did you start playing guitar? I was like 21 or something like wow. that. Yeah. Did you were self-taught or did you take lessons? It was fairly self-taught and it was a miserable experience. <laughs> I gave up like, once actually. Put it down for the... six or seven months and then it worked after did that. Did you grow up on the cover songs? Uh, <laughs> playing Again, playing in church. Oh yeah. yeah. And I would pick little songs that I liked and try and learn to play them. They were old. Like I think I learned a Merle Haggard song or something like that. <laughs> All right, so what is the song you're going to play for us? Uh, this one's called Can't Go Nowhere. It's it's pretty well brand new. I've, I've never played it out anywhere, and band's going to learn it tonight, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> so they're in for a treat. Yeah, so if it sounds like I don't know it, it's tonight or today. It's probably, it's probably the truth. All yeah. right, Byron Falk, take it away. Move to the city, got a good job. I thought I'd be happy, but time didn't tell I was miserable before I cashed that first chair I cried, Mama, I'm not happy Well, did you keep a place, a bed in my room? Cause I'm a-coming home and I'm moving back to town Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar Drink some cold ones in the middle of nowhere Forget where we're from Well, it's the side of the road a neon sign got your truck out front It's the kind of place where you go And you're so sick of tired You can't go nowhere else
Some get married and then divorce And that can all happen in less time Than you spend get your driving license Wait and see What's your life now? Nothing works out Next thing you know Well, you're hitting the road Looking for a place to lay your pretty head down Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar. Drink some cold ones in the middle of nowhere. Forget where we're from. Well, it's the side of the road. A neon sign got your truck out front. It's the kind of place where you go and you're so sick and tired you can't go nowhere else. It's the kind of place that you go, you're so sick and tired, you don't go nowhere else. I try to love for the first time, it's not the last time I felt nothing. So try me if you want heartbreak, want a promise, well that's something. Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar. Drink some cold ones in the middle of nowhere. Forget where we're from. Well, it's the side of the road. A neon sign got your truck out front. It's the kind of place where you go and you're so sick and tired you don't go nowhere else. Yeah, it's the kind of place where you go and you're so sick of tired. Go nowhere else. Byron Falk. Byronfalk.com. He's going to be performing all over uh, all over the place this year, Byron. Big year ahead for you. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Dave. Pleased to be joined with local artist Byron Falk. Byron, great to finally have you in the studio. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's, it's been a long time coming, I think. It has. You know what? We've been trying to set this up for a while and finally get you in, and it's a pretty cool time in your life. Uh, before we get back to the start of your career and everything, tell us what you got coming up here in the near future. Yeah, so it, it, I'm super excited about 2020. I I think I struggled through last year, and, and, and it paid off. And uh, so, so I got a bunch of local shows coming up this weekend. I got a, a Western Canada run that I'm leaving for on Wednesday, uh, so that's that's going to be about ten dates uh, just going west. Um, I, I scheduled it pretty tight too. I'm starting to wonder if uh, if the body and voice can hold up, but uh, hey, everything's a learning uh, experience, right? Yeah, and it's uh, again, it's part of paying your dues as a musician, and uh, it, it's just some of those things that it, it's the scars you put on the body that end up coming 
to full circle really good stories. hundred percent. And I, I expect every experience and, and feeling to, to stick with me and, and, and help carve out who I am as an artist for sure. All right. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. Let's get to the roots of Byron Falk. Uh, you know, the first time you picked up a guitar, first time you really delved into music, how old were you? Yeah. So, so I started singing around 18, 19. So you got uh, you so really really later in life very very much so you know I think I kind of had this secret interest in high school sure. th- you know flirted with the idea of joining band or choir just never really felt the the confidence to do so I had a lot of musical friends and and just knew I couldn't compete interesting <laughs> so then at eighteen nineteen you get out of school and you start kind of yeah. feeling yourself out as an adult yeah exactly right you get a little more confidence a little more self identity and, and you start chasing the things that you want and, and you know what to be honest as, as soon as I was 18 uh, I started pursuing horses myself as well like my dad had kind of helped me out with that when I was younger and that had come and gone and same thing with music I, I just Kate okay, now's now's the time I've got an interest I found myself collecting a lot of music singing along and that kind of stuff which I'm sure tons of people do uh, but for me that de- that definitely translated into into a life lifelong passion all right so when you were younger what kind of music were you into? Were you an eclectic guy? You kind of looked all over the place, or did you have a certain kind of genre? Yeah, no, I've I've probably always been a little bit bit weird and, and never <laughs> displayed my musical collection. Uh, one of the things that I I did was I was for sure a country fan. My my whole family was country music listeners. My dad was a huge Oak Ridge Boys fan. Oh yeah. So every every camping trip in the truck had an Oak Ridge Boys cassette playing. Uh, and that was great, Mom. You know, I remember in the in the '90s, you'd get these, uh, you know, these CD order slips, and, oh, and yeah. you'd, you'd have a have a, a ten ten come every month. It yeah, felt like because it was yeah, because you get ten CDs for a penny or whatever. Hundred percent. I don't then, know how they did it, but right, and it was the greatest hits of all these artists you never knew had greatest hits. Hundred <laughs> percent. Learned learned them all, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and and back then, a distinct memory is we we had a, a vehicle with a cassette player, not a CD player. So she ends up actually recording some of the CDs. <laughs> down to cassettes so we could take them on road trips but but that so, is so, a classic story yeah so there's a foundation uh, of my mu- musical interest but then I, I also was super into to gospel music uh southern gospel music and and i think i think a lot of that helped shape who i was at that time also and then i'm i'm a weirdo like i'll, I'll jam out to some hip-hop or rap or something uh you, you know and, and a lot of country guys are just like Oh, straight and, and, and true country music, and that's it. And sure, I, and I'll I'll kind of float all over the map. Like if I find something I really like. Well, yeah. Now I think now for sure, when you look at how country music is, those doors have been blown wide open because you're not just in in one kind of small box anymore. A hundred. You're getting an influence from all different kinds of of music, and I think that has opened uh, to some amazing artists. I mean, the, the big names now. Look at Eric Church, who's kind of more of a traditional guy. You started outside the box. T- totally, and we just see that that never that transformation never stops happening. No, Luke right? Combs is another guy too. Like he's not a traditional country voice. Morgan Wall is not a traditional country guy. But I mean, like these guys who are superstars, they they have so they're so diverse in their musical interests. Hundred percent and skill level, right? Yeah. I'm glad th- like those names that you mentioned would be the exact same ones that would pop out to me, right? Uh, and then still, when it, when I inflect, uh, it, nothing changes what I'm capable of myself like based on my interest right I still I'm going to sound a certain way I'm going to write a certain way you know and, and I've got a bit of a baritone voice I mean I, I'm not going to be singing the pretty high stuff <laughs> right so, yeah. so I got to kind of shape my music around that too sure right? but I'm, there's less restrictions on it now and I think some of my favorite musicians like I think Dave Grohl is one of my favorite musicians Dave- of all time because he can do it all, and he does it on different levels. Like, and I watched Kurt Cobain do a, a live set in uh, in New York before sure. he passed away. Sure. And again, like just him vocally says a lot. And you as a, now a vocalist, when you find that at 18, 19, 
what was it like finding your voice? Because you, like you said, you started a little bit later. So what was it like to grow into your voice? Uh, you know, you know what? Hours and hours and hours spent at church actually uh, singing. I, I led a praise and worship team for years. Um, that stretched my voice. It helped form my voice. It it actually that was the, probably one of the primary reasons I picked up the guitar uh, was was to do both right. And I learned how, and I and I learned how to lead. And I was always in front of people. And and you got you almost got accustomed to to the the crowd or the congregation in the case of a church, right? Uh, which which made it just so comfortable. I remember hitting my first Hanover Ag Fair. I'm from Grunthal, right? Hitting my first Hanover Ag Fair, and there's you know hundreds of people out there, and and it's okay, right? I, I've sang in front of people before. I I know how to work the stage a bit, right? So so finding my voice was this really interesting journey uh, of you know church and experience where I and then segue into. My, my own country music interests and my own lifestyle interests, right? Talking with Byron Falk on Country 107 and the Steinbeck Online Podcast. Uh, not that your friends probably were were unsupportive of you when you were growing up in, in high school for your music career, but what was it like when you when you start leading that worship team and other people are encouraging you to get on stage more and, and, and encouraging you to sing more? What's that like for a young artist? Well, for, for sure, anytime you, you, you feel encouragement, uh, you feel that leg up, uh, that just gives you the boost to get to the next line, right? Uh, but it's not all that either. Like you'll face criticism, and you'll you'll face you know you know people's uh, opinions and and uh, agendas as well, right? Um, but f- for sure, and I've just been so thankful for the friends that have walked through the the last five years with me, uh, where I've been playing country music and 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 seeing their affirmation, not only as my friend, but as a like, hey, Byron, the the music's good. We we like your shows. Right. That just keeps me going for the next level, because, I mean, putting together live shows and getting people there is one of the hardest feats for a musician ever. Yeah. And we, you know what? It was funny. We were just talking to another local musician, Trev Schellenberg. He kind of poked his head in and, and you guys were discussing a little bit. It's like one show pays for the next show. You're always kind of just trying to break even at a certain point. For sure. Yeah. Just just to keep doing it. Yeah. And right. you know what? People don't see that. They think like, oh, this guy's on stage or, you know, they, they never see you're the one that's setting up the lights. You're the one that drives to the show. It's they don't see that the non glamorous behind the scenes. To- totally. I was un- unrolling cables for several hours the other night and and, and, and f- figuring out the layout of a, of a room right, right to set up a show. Um, but when they see social media posts or they hear a radio interview, um, they're like, oh, yeah, it's really working out for you. <laughs> Man, I'm like, yeah, thank you. But but also there's a lot of hours. And and right. and I and that's where I, I, I last time I was in at, at the station, I was like, man, I'm passionate about music in Steinbeck. I'm passionate about music in the southeast, you know, and I want to be a proponent of that. And if that means setting up more shows and, and even for other artists, which I've done, uh, I enjoy promoting. Right. But it's like, how can I encourage people to come out to events? Like, it's just easy to go to BPs on Friday sure. and, and just ha- have a couple of, of beverages and, and eat some food and watch a TV watch screen a TV. or, you know, have a conversation. hundred percent. But know? I mean, like the, the lack of live music. Yeah, you know, that that lack of appreciation for live music—it's it's a concerning trend. T- totally, and and we see that in record sales. Yep. We can go on and on about that, but there's all these patterns, right, that are kind of pointing to the same thing. And the question, even for bar or restaurant owners, venue owners, is: Do people not go out anymore? It's expe- Well, you know, it is. It's expen- It's expensive to go out, and you know, your families can only do it once once in a while. And totally. they and like most of them just want to go and do something quiet. Like we and, need and to get do. that passion for live music back. Yeah, and, and events and community and like because when you do go and you do experience it, people always come away with that was great, big time. They you know, you hear that about that after it's like, oh, he had to twist his arm to get there, yeah. but then he had the time of his life. A hundred percent. So, Byron, I'm interested to to pick your brain about this. We, a venue in Steinbeck. 
There's not a there's not, I don't know if there's a live venue option. I know the Granite House Lounge and the curling rink is okay. It's kind of one of those hidden gems. It is. But there needs is there a need for an actual live performance stage in Steinbeck? Very much so. I I think uh, Steinbeck needs a dedicated music venue, and and I I don't think a, a huge one. I mean I mean I, I might get some attention for saying this on air if if that's where it goes, but I don't I don't think we we're in you know imminent need for a massive music venue as much as we are even for just that that venue that can host shows for for fifty, a hundred, two hundred people, right? Uh, which is realistic for local bands. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and a place that you know can can serve people something to drink and and maybe some some food or or some snacks. But but there's a system set up and you can book shows and 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 they get, and even if it ends up being one of our our local restaurants or or uh, bars, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that they just there's a home for music because there isn't. I mean, and you and you'll if we talk about what I'm doing tomorrow night. I, I'm doing a pop-up. Uh, I'm calling it a pop-up dive bar. Yeah, right. See, it's in awesome. a really, you know, really unique space. People don't get it. They're like, "Where are you putting this thing on?" I'm like, "Don't worry, it's going to be cool." Right. I've totally. been working on it for a week now. <laughs> right. But but I I'm going to we can fit the people in there. We can have a good time. Right. Sure. Uh, and it feels proper. Right. It's yeah. So uh, we, there's a need for a place in Steinbach that that can host. You know, either because I think about the SRSS Theater and, and I think of the layout and I think the acoustics of it. I think if if you wanted to do that. A show there a logistically it's tough because it's the school's auditorium for one exactly and then b i think people would expect more from than just a show like you'd have to do a show mixed in with stories mixed in with food yep. like people it's, want a lot now if they are going to leave the house and go see music exactly it's got to be layered it's it's and you see that more and more with bigger shows yeah they're they're booking four artists on the same bill totally uh, or there's an years, artist and a comedian or there's there's totally totally different arts that are on stage in a night yeah, it's, it's exactly. changed drastically. Exactly. Yep. Challenging on the promoting side and being an artist, right? Talking with Byron Falk here on Country 107 and streaming online, SteinbachOnline.com. Uh, last time we chatted was actually uh, you were on the side of the road because you had to pull over because you were driving. You remember that? I, I do remember, and I lost cell reception. <laughs> it, it was it was the middle of nowhere, I think, Montana. Yes. I, I was trying to, trying to get back to Alberta. <laughs> and that was crazy. And that's just another one of those things. You were in your car for, what, like 18 hours or something like it, that? It was ridiculous, yeah. And I was I was up going up to Calgary. It was CCMA week. Yep. Had a couple of showcases booked. It was, it was ridiculous. So yep. when you, but, but, but when you book those showcases, that's a big big thing for for local for artists totally and, and what i came away from it and and what i was hoping for you know like artists all the time are looking for oh will will this guy uh, from this and this label be there will this this guy from a talent agency be there yeah maybe yeah right but but they're not picking you up at a grassroots level right what what it meant for me was i went there and i immersed myself in a crowd of people that i had never uh, been around right yeah I, I could meet faces other artists i could meet professionals uh, right, I could just have a you know a lateral conversation with them because we were in that space. Totally. Right, and and man, did that pay off. I even with the association, I I hadn't joined Manitoba Country Music Association until 2019, and and it actually helped shape and change my year. Right, just that community. They were they were warm and welcoming. Gave me a few spots. Gave me a couple of shows. Sure. Right, and and, and they've you know even just today before before I was on my way here. Uh, you know, I get this notification. They've reposted some of my, my my social media material again, right? So they're they're just throwing it out there to a greater audience, and I I can't stress that enough for other musicians uh, to to look at your associations and your communities around you, right? And and help grow yourself that way. Yeah, that's a really good thing that I think a lot of especially up and coming artists kind of overlook, and and they expect maybe somebody else to do it for them. For sure, and I I know I overlooked it. I sure. I, I figured I know who I am. I know who I want to be. 
and, and I'm going to just do the work and I'm going to represent myself. That. And, and I haven't changed that aspect of myself, but I've realized that it's not just me. Right. Right. Talking with Byron Falk, let's get back to playing shows because uh, I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, house concerts is something that I've I've been aware of for a long time. And they're kind of a unique thing. And we had Quentin Blair in a little while ago, and he's doing more house concerts. Now, what are your opinion on house concerts? You got a big smile on your face. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe be short and sweet on this one. I, I, I think as I, I've been to one or two, mm-hmm. but, and I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it. But I think for myself, I, I, I sort of promised myself never. Really? <laughs> Why? I, I think I, I think maybe the, the, the claustrophobia of it. Okay, yeah, because you're, it's, it's, a, it's a very different atmosphere yeah, than when you're on a stage. Yeah, and I don't know how much I want to say publicly, but, you know, that, <laughs> that intimate atmosphere uh, puts you at a very different uh, distance from people. Do you feel like you're almost at a disadvantage as an artist then? Yeah. Like, you, like they're all, the fans or the people you're around are almost on attack? Uh, ex- exactly. Interesting. And, it, and, and I, I want to put myself between a, a, a microphone, a monitor, and, and a couple of mains <laughs> a, away from people. I understand. Okay, I understand. Understand, because I, I, I that a lot of artists th- kind of thrive on that. You're the first one that I've heard that is a little bit intimidated by that. To- to- totally, and it's not that I'm scared of people or don't of like talking not. to people, but I, I I feel maybe more of a security when I can provide some separation. See, that is fascinating. Between myself, my band, and 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 the people, and and that's exactly why I've gone and I, I've set up a show. You know, it, it's an empty commercial space, but it's a large room. It's right. not somebody's home. It's not intimate. And and even as a as a concert goer, uh, it's different when you say, "Hey, come into my home." Yeah. So I can't publicly promote a show the same way when I'm just inviting people into someone's home. <laughs> Very much right? so. Right. Because a lot of people are going to be like, "Hey, how do I just walk into their home?" You don't. Like that. It is. It's it's uncomfortable. I see why you would be uncomfortable so, with so, that. So for groups of friends, right? Yeah. And, and and with different genres of music, it works. You know, it works super well. Hundred percent. Right? But for groups of friends to host something, have a nice party. Right, etc. It can be great. Oh yeah, I, and I I will never talk bad about the idea, you know, in in the greater s- scheme of things. But personally, I <laughs> I promised myself never. Do you, what about <laughs> backyard concerts? Is it like is I, that a be, is that I, a better feel? I could do that. Let yeah. me haul my gear in, set up on your patio. Yeah, you know, even if I don't I don't know what what the the number count doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Right? No, but, but it's I can the be up situation. On your, yeah, your yeah. deck, and we'll play it down to you on yeah. the lawn chairs. And, and then you know what? Then then the cool part is you come down off the stage and you get to have like a home style barbecue. Exactly. And That's really what it's which all is about. Probably would be my favorite part of the whole experience. Well, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like barbecue, hot ribs, dogs, and hamburgers? Yeah, 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 hot ribs, dogs. Yeah. All right, I was going hamburgers, <laughs> yeah. not to your going sorry, ribs. Sorry, Somebody that, is yeah. living a little yeah. Yeah. champagne budget here again. Talking with Byron Falk, we you brought up social media a little bit. You talked about how the association started reposting stuff uh, again it's something i find so fascinating with artists because social media is so relied on nowadays to not only promote the artists but get their uh get their brand out there get their shows out there how do you feel about you know really putting yourself out there on social media i i struggle with it personally i'd i'd way prefer if i could have someone do it for me yeah uh but i do it it's a necessary evil um, I, I struggle with the constant, like people do it personally, people do it professionally. I, I struggle with the constant uh, you know, role of, of photos and events and, and requests for support. And I struggle doing that myself, okay? But I, I recognize its value, so I do it. Right. And it's necessity. I do it. You know, you, you, do, get, you do get to people that way. Mm-hmm. I still happen to be very passionate about traditional methods of advertising, 
and 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 promoting things and and that being radio uh, i love printing concert posters and hanging them around right because which is a lost art again uh, again I mean, we don't right? see that but, you don't but, see but put now it. you you actually get to see the poster for what it was meant to be an yeah. 11 by 17 piece of art What's it like right. when you see that poster with your, you know, your photo on there with your name on the top? What's that like for oh, you? Oh, it's al- it's always a little spooky. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, there there I am again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know what? Again, it's it's a cool thing. That's an expense that comes out of your pocket. A hundred percent. Like yeah. that's that's the the artist, the band that they're doing that. If they if you want a flyer, you're the one doing it. Yep, exa- exactly. And that's what leading up to this this Western run, it's all been. It's been purchasing equipment. It's been paying promo- promotional materials. I was standing in the post office, rolling posters together, putting them in envelopes, writing addresses, you know, d- doing all of that, right? Yep. It's not glamorous work. Like, when you look at a tour announcement, you're like, oh, f- fabulous, congratulations, Yeah. right? Yeah. But there's a lot of components to this, and it's and it's both money and it's time. Right? It is. But when you're on stage, and that is the glamorous part, when the lights are on and you get to play your music, because it's all work right up until you're on stage, and then it's the fun work. Totally. Do, do you take some moments and really kind of just appreciate and relish how much you've put into it? Yes, absolutely. You go through the stress of a day, and sometimes it's rehearsing before a show, right, because the band has never played together before. Um, but the moment that first song hits and you hear this this coming back at you and the mains are hot, you know, you get that feeling of what you're up against now for the next uh, 45 minutes, and it's good, right? And, and you and you connect, your your eyes connect with people that are watching or they're engaged. And you remember why you did it. That is a great way of putting it. Uh, so you, we talk about the tour. When does it start and where's the first location? Yeah, so we're, we're headed out to Saskatchewan for March. Uh, I think it's March 5th. It's a Thursday night. Uh, we're playing in a real time. I think it's a town of like 190 people or something. Uh, and I'm just super excited for it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, then, then we're heading up. We have quite a distance to make the first two days. And then we're headed up into northern Alberta and then into BC for several dates and then back down to Jasper. So Is this the first? Is this your first big kind of western stretch yeah like i've done the calgary thing a yeah. few times we'll do some stampede gigs did the the ccma the showcases CCMA, yeah. for sure uh but this is my first like 10 in a row hit the road uh right playing playing a bunch of different towns so, so uh 2019 was kind of like your unofficial coming out party yeah absolutely so i <laughs> and it was only due to the fact that i felt everything coming to an end <laughs> really <laughs> yeah so uh all of the the synergy that had been there from 2016 17 when i when i recorded i yeah. met some new people etc etc got some really good gigs for a few years okay and uh, 2019 there was just absolutely nothing happening and that's when I changed my game plan. Uh, I played solo shows, which is another thing that I just don't super love. Uh, and I, I have some pretty driving material. I, I like the honky-tonk of the guitar and the drum and the bass, right? Um, but then I, I did solo shows and, and uh, showcases pretty well throughout the whole year. And uh, I played my first full band show back in November uh, after about a year hiatus. Okay, and, uh, and man, was that rewarding. I could feel the growth on myself and I could feel the difference in the songs. And uh, that just f- absolutely fired me up for this year and just been making stuff happening. And there's a ton of big stuff happening uh, for, for 2020. We're, we're booking a, a few, t- you know, town fairs, festivals again. Uh, I've got two tours, actually. Uh, the second one's unannounced uh, at this point, but it's coming up, you know. So there, there's just a ton going on. I'm going to be back in studio, probably releasing something in the summer. Beauty. Uh, so, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to right, right through the year. Take me through the fear of thinking that you were done. Like, did, did it cross your mind a lot in that year hiatus? Absolutely, because you relied on what you did mm-hmm. and, what and you know, not, not what was coming and not the work that you were doing. And I have to be honest, I spent 
the last two years uh, focusing on my career 100%. Um, and uh, that, my creative side, uh, was slowly withering away. Yeah. So just for, for people to know, you do have a full-time job. A- absolutely. So you're, uh, yeah, you're doing full-time, plus you're, you're trying to be a full-time artist as well now. Right. Like, they think I'm on lunch break right now, even though it was <laughs> 11 o'clock. Uh, but but that's, what, that's the price you pay again. You talked about paying out of the pocket. This is paying with your time. Absolutely. And I have to juggle both. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually the only reason that I can afford uh, to, to go as far as I can or have. Right. Right. So, so the fear of being done was absolutely imminent. Um, I, my writing had sort of slouched my, my gigs. I wasn't getting the gigs I, I thought I should be getting anymore. And I hadn't put out new material. I hadn't tried anything new. Right. It was like all the old tricks stopped working. Right. Okay. Now what? Right. So it was a very real, real thought. And, and that's where I went and I, I identified what was my most uncomfortable areas and went for them. Right. I, I was like, I have to challenge myself now. Because if it, well, what you were doing wasn't working, obviously, right? That, so it's, exactly. Let's just, re- and you know what? A lot of artists maybe hold back on that. So to, to jump in with both feet, you talk about being scared you're going to lose it. Talk about being scared you're going to try and fail. That's got to be another worry. For sure, for sure. And then targeting your your weakest attributes and saying, I need to make those stronger if I'm going to do this. And right? now, now that it's starting to come around, you talk about just that rewarding feeling. I mean... You got the balance down a little bit more. You're, you're doing this 10, 10 city tour yeah. thing. so Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It, is it, is it that all... confidence, that swagger starts coming back? Well, it, I, there's moments in the last week or two where I was just like, oh, man, I am I am so excited for Friday. <laughs> I'm so excited for Saturday. And, and that's something that I haven't always felt. Like, I've played gigs. I'll be honest about this. I've played gigs uh, on a nice summer uh, Saturday where I was like, I would way sooner be camping right now. Interesting. Right? And now yeah. I'm trying to gather the band together. We're trying to get out to a venue. Or we're trying to get out to a fair festival and set up and sound check, and it's hot. and Right? Yeah. But, but like, waiting for the heart to get back into it is, is pivotal for me. Uh, and, and when things start coming together, it, it's just the inspiration is just far more natural. Right? That is a really good way of putting it. And again, you talk about just that maybe that fear of losing it and realizing just how much you loved it. Exactly. Right. And it's not always like it could be the songwriting. Sure. Right? But it, it could be the performing. 100%. But, but at the end of the day, there's all these logistical tasks and these things that cost money and time, et cetera, that are, are required to do it. Right. So from the outside, a lot of people are like, I mean, we're, we're getting real deep here now. <laughs> uh, but from the outside, people are like, man, it must be just so great to go and play music. You know what? Yeah. I play music for a few reasons. Right. But there's a lot of things about doing it that I find super challenging also. Right. And so, like I say, if I could be out camping, hiking, right, doing doing riding horses on a a Saturday evening life. Totally. And it's peaceful. Right. But now I'm I'm stuck out somewhere, you know, God, God knows where setting up for four hours (laughs) to play for 45 minutes. Exactly. When everybody else is out doing whatever they want all day, then to come see you in the evening. Right. Exactly. And then it it maybe was great. and Maybe it wasn't. Sure. Right. And and so and just because this song went really well and easy to write doesn't mean the next one's going to be uh, just because this one got produced really well doesn't mean the next one's going to be like there's. The pressure and the layers upon layers of being an artist. Exactly. And this this has turned into an artist confessional now, but uh, <laughs> but but this is exactly the truth of it. Right? Yeah. So so I so I'm always very careful to to make sure that I represent myself that way. Uh in in as much honesty as people can handle. Because sure. I, I don't want the misconception to be that I got a fancy photo shoot done, right. uh, put on a cowboy hat and, and looked good in a picture and, and booked a series of dates and people were like 
man, life must be great for Byron Falk. Yeah, but you also don't want to throw out there like, oh, woe is me. I have to actually work for this. Like, No, and, th- and I take a, that again, unwillingly, right? Totally. I, it's <laughs> the balance of it all. And, I mean, you're, you're paying your dues. You're, you're doing what it takes to do what you love. Exactly. And th- that, th- that's what people love about country music. That's what people love about country artists is they go and get their boots dirty during the day and then perform at night. Exactly, yeah. No, there, there's no sleeping in till noon because no. I played a late gig. No, you know what? <laughs> right? you're, you're going till the sun. When the sun goes down, that's when your your dream comes alive. Exactly. And when the sun comes up, if you got to go and go to work, you go to work. Well, and that's what's been so unique about my week is I, I'm I'm rolling out mic cords. I've set setting up speakers. Right. I was working on lighting so that the stage is lit. Right. Right. But but then the next morning I'm out there because I you know I I got a, a colt delivered the morning before and I'm out there making sure the fence is good and stringing some electric wire to keep the charge and, and so you're just juggling all. <laughs> But then when you find that and you have that rhythm and you have that peace in in both your work life and your artist life, it gets hectic. But then when you can slow it all down. Exactly. How how like just like that tranquility, that state of just. Yeah. And they're all good things. Yeah. Right. And like you said, it's all good things. Yeah. All right. So uh, new music. Yeah, so I man, I've been super happy with uh, my writing in the last probably six months. Uh, I haven't written a lot, but you, you know, I've I've been happy with the direction. I f- I feel like I'm on to something fresh again. Um, so so I'm adding you know a couple of songs again to my my set this weekend that we're gonna that the band's gonna learn. We're gonna perform. Very excited about that. Uh, and that's gonna actually be the stuff that I that I record. I'm I'm gonna go with a a single most likely. I don't think I'm gonna do the full EP and drop like I did the first time. Sure, you know uh, that's changed too. Like nowadays, you're even an EP. You're releasing four out of the six on an EP as singles. Totally. And, and it, it, we we've got iTunes, Spotify yeah. driving the market. I mean, yeah, radio is a uh, still a major player. Thank goodness. Yeah, but right? downloads now are, are key to everything. To- and same totally. with social media. Like it's all about clicks now too. To- totally. Yeah. It's yeah. very so if very. You, if you can drop single songs. Yeah. And and people get get on board with that. I just find it super hard, especially as a grassroots artist, to get somebody to listen to. Hey, I recorded five great songs. Yeah. Listen to them. Well, and, th- and they're like, oh. Yeah, cool. Thanks. I'll I'll try to get around to that, right? Yeah. But if you can slide a single their way, totally, they'll take that three minutes, two and a half minutes, uh, to give it a listen yep. or add it to their to their playlist, even. See, right? it's, like I find that so fascinating because I grew up in the EPs where albums told a story. You had to listen to song one through, you know, song one through five, and it was kind of tied in together and told stories. It's it's a little different now. It's it's almost like. Drop single, month later, another drop single, three months later. Because it, it has to be in the front of people's minds. You can't let it drift into the background anymore. Totally. And I, I think radio singles sometimes are doing that too, where, where they're hot today yeah. and, and and then forgotten about in well, a short amount they, of time. Well, because they spin so much. Like That's the thing about exactly. a artist. Like You look at hit songs, they come out, and everybody's super excited about them, want to hear it, want to hear it. A month into it, you're burned out. For sure. And and within a few months they're like next song, next exactly. song. Exactly. Right? They want the new song from the next hit artist. Yeah. Like it's so, so I, I have to admit that I'm still the same way uh, when it comes to writing music. I'm all about like th- thematically and, and, and you know, i f I'll format, hey, I think this would make a great record. Right? Right. Uh, and that's how I write and that's how I think. And and I'll actually even with my set list, I'll I'll be like, you know what, this is probably a good entertaining song that I've that I've created. Yeah. But you know what? I just don't feel like it fits the package. 
right? And, right. and so, so I'll, I'll just throw it off to the side. I mean, no one's offended. It's my no, own song. No one and, even knows. No, like, no one knows. No one, that's the thing. Like, no one knows if you're not playing your own song. Like, exactly. It's the weirdest the, thing, the, right? The inner secrets, right? Sure, but, but I mean, like, people, it, but you can always bring it back. And you maybe can there's feel a, it out. Exactly. There's a later date where totally. it, it's more relevant, right? Right. And, different venue, different crowd, different feel. T- totally, right? Like, and that's the cool part is you're always creating art on the stage because it's you're just different ways what and i'm one of those like there's artists that will just call out their set list on the fly but i'm i i tweak a set list for weeks to be honest because <laughs> <laughs> i because I, I love the flow of like hey am i going to open fast or sure. am i going to open soft and slow because right. i i do do both ways right really? yeah so so, so you think about the, that and then I'll, I'll actually play through the intros of all my songs one after the other and be like no I don't like the way this transitions. Right, you want it to you you want it to transition. It's got to you can't come up and then slam on the brakes and then totally. And then how do you feel about like talking through your set? Like, do you, are you a conversational guy? I am. I some of the folks I've worked with have said, "Hey, you're really good at stage banter." Uh, but then sometimes I'm doing stage banter and no one's laughing. So so maybe I'm the only one that thinks I'm funny. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, yeah I run into some artists that have that too, where it's like, yeah, comedy is not in your future. But for sure, right? If you're making yourself and your band laugh, yeah, somebody else is enjoying it. <laughs> T- totally. And I try and pull the angle of self-deprecating humor. Uh, so I'll intro some of the songs that you know with the stories that attach to yeah. them, or or even sometimes make something up. And I I love it when artists will tell a goofy story, and then they're like, hey, so because of this, now we're gonna sing this song, and then they start singing the song, and you're like, there's really nothing there's in no common with the story in that song. <laughs> and I I kind of think that's witty. It you know what it is, but again, it's, it's you got to be an entertainer on different levels when you're on stage nowadays. It's it's a whole different ball of wax than it was back in the day. You can't just sit there and play songs for for sure. You gotta and tell you, stories. You, you deal with the like are the people paying attention or not oh man what's right I, i've talked to other artists and the their biggest pet peeve is people talking through their set okay like and it's tough and i mean i'm sure you you've had that experience if you're going to be in a bar setting there's people in a full-fledged conversation that could be right in front of you they could be in the back of the room but yeah like you're singing a song and you can still hear them yeah you know <laughs> and you're just like this is this is something but, but but if that's the atmosphere yeah i i pick my songs and i and i actually all eliminate conversation myself sure like it, it, they don't need stories from me if we will talk three seconds in between and we'll hit another song yeah. right i mean they're, they're busy anyway People i may as well be busy music. singing exactly right? right you're there to do a job yep. you're there to entertain yeah let's get her done but i have to say that the, when you when you play that show uh, if it's personal it's, it's more intimate like that and they're everyone's sitting in a chair paying attention uh, and and when when you're talking and they're they're just on right they they're hearing you they're following you and they're laughing with you uh, there's no greater feeling is that addicting oh very much yeah yeah very like much. you chase you, do you kind of ch- chase that a little oh, bit oh it, it's like and the the singing in, in, in music is one one side of this right and I love that but but that being able to connect with people uh, super love that. And uh, you know what? We have a lot of great people in the southeast that I know that uh, you know. As you get out there more, and again, you're you're taking some big steps because you are putting yourself out there more and more. Are you going to be playing more in this? You talked about some festivals. Is there some hard dates in southeastern Manitoba that people can come and see you? Yeah, there there is. I, there's some that are still up in the air, and and some that haven't been announced yet. But uh, very very shortly. Yeah. All right. So how can people follow along with you? You know, you know what? I I always recommend our social media accounts like. I run them yep. so that people can follow them. Totally. Right? Like, so a Facebook page is for absolutely anybody to follow me. Right? Um, and and I, have a, I have a website, and I, and I always keep my website up to date. I know that's another thing that some artists haven't really found the, the relevancy in, but I do. Right? And and I, I keep the, the dates on there, and I keep any news on there or pictures on there. Right? So I just think it's great. Uh, if you, if you want to support your local artists, you want to find out where they're playing, 
follow them on social media, right? Log on to their website and, and, and just see what's up. It's, it's really as simple as you, and something you can do in 20, 30 seconds. All right, so what is your website? It's just byronfolk.com. Very easy to find, eh? T- totally. I, to this date, I'm like one of two Byron Falks in the world. <laughs> I do, I'll do a lot of Googling to prove that constantly. Okay, what does the other one do? <laughs> well, he's a lawyer in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fun that's, fact. <laughs> the lawyer from Dallas will not be performing across Western Canada that this weekend. That is correct. <laughs> and from what I can find, I think he's old. So I, I'm at even <laughs> more of an so advantage. You got, you got the age I, and I own, the entertainment skill. That's right. I own all the social media accounts Byron Falk. I own the webpage Byron Falk. Right. I and mean, there's not a lot of Mennonites can do that. No, and <laughs> nobody wants you to represent them in the courtroom, I know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, right, Byron, thank you so much for coming in today. We are going to get you to play a live song. Would you do that for us? Sure, I'd love to. All right, so we'll get, let you get set up on the guitar here. So we'll take a quick break on the Steinback Online podcast. We'll be back more with Byron Falk. Yeah, just play, play a lick of something. Back here on the Steinback Online podcast with Byron Falk. Guitar in hand, Byron. When did you start playing guitar? I was like 21 or something like wow. that. Yeah. Did you were self-taught or did you take lessons? It was fairly self-taught and it was a miserable experience. I <laughs> gave up like, once actually. Put it down for the... six or seven months and then it worked after did that. Did you grow up on the cover songs? Uh, <laughs> playing Again, playing in church. Oh yeah. yeah. And I would pick little songs that I liked and try and learn to play them. They were old. Like I think I learned a Merle Haggard song or something like that. <laughs> All right, so what is the song you're going to play for us? Uh, so this one's called Can't Go Nowhere. It's it's pretty well brand new. I've, I've never played it out anywhere, and band's going to learn it tonight, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> so they're in for a treat. Yeah, so if it sounds like I don't know it it's tonight or today, it's probably, it's probably the truth. All yeah. right, Byron Falk, take it away. Move to the city, got a good job. I thought I'd be happy, but time didn't tell well, I was miserable before I cashed that first chair I cried, Mama, I'm not happy Well, did you keep a place, a bed in my room? Cause I'm a-coming home and I'm moving back to town Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar Drink some cold ones in the middle of nowhere Forget where we're from Well, it's a sign of the road a neon sign got your truck out front It's the kind of place where you go And you're so sick of tired You can't go nowhere else Some get married and then divorce And that can all happen in less time Than you spend getting your driving license Wait and see What's with life now? Nothing works out Next thing you know Well, you're hitting the road Looking for a place to lay your pretty head down Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar. Drink some cold ones in the middle of nowhere, forget where we're from. 
Well, it's the side of the road, a neon sign got your truck out front. It's the kind of place where you go when you're so sick and tired you can't go nowhere else. It's the kind of place that you go when you're so sick and tired you don't go nowhere else. I try to love for the first time. It's not the last time I felt nothing. So try me if you want heartbreak, want a promise. Well, that's something. Let's just pull in off the highway to that little dive bar. Drink some cool ones in the middle of nowhere. Forget where we're from. Well, it's a sign of the road, a neon sign got your truck out front. It's the kind of place where you go when you're so sick and tired you don't go nowhere else. It's the kind of place where you go and you're so sick of tired. Go nowhere else. Byron Falk. Byronfalk.com. He's going to be performing all over uh, all over the place this year, Byron. Big year ahead for you. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Dave.